bring in our first guest this morning. Bill Baruch joins us. The president of Blue Line Futures is with us to uh, break it down. Bill, welcome back. I want to first, uh, well, talk commodities, but first some of the selling we've seen in the indices. Rates and inflations concerns spiked again this week. Now that we've taken out the lows from last week in the ES, am I correct to have my eyes on the June low, that 36.39 level is the next big area for the bears to be watching? You know, that's the easy part to look at. That's where this thing could really go. That's the next big, big level. But if there's a couple of things also that we're looking at here. Um, I was on with with Oliver uh, Rednick earlier this week, on, I think it was Tuesday, and, and pointed out that it, on CPI day, if you go back to uh, when the May report was released in June, on that CPI day, if you, if you count five days, including that day, or just four days from that day, uh, it took the, mar the stock market, S&P, to bottom out. So if we take this Tuesday, the same number of days takes us to Monday. So, you know, we get this selling. I'm, I'm really welcoming some selling. The next big level of support that we, we see is about 3810. There's a couple levels that align there, including the May low. So the interesting thing about, about it being Monday is this, as the same number of days and get, get this flush out is it takes us through quad witching. And after quad witching has been, the Monday after quad witching has been a pretty you know, tremendous, just a, a really monumental low you know, throughout history. I mean, just, just in recent history too. Um, look at, back in December, 2018, everybody was talking about Mnuchin speaking to the banks. It was actually the Monday after quad witching. You look back at um, uh, March, 2020, was the Monday after quad witching. And then, you know, there's people can say, okay, well, the Fed was easing then. They're tightening now. Well, March of this year, they they weren't, they certainly weren't easing. Uh, and certainly of June of this year, they weren't easing. And, and, and we saw bottoms, significant bottoms and rallies around uh, that March quad witching, maybe not the Monday after, but it came right around it as well as June. So, you know, the other part of this too is, is we're starting to see this, these expectations for, for the Fed hawkishness to continue to really, really mount. Now, I, I'm not as, you know, I look at it as where where the risk skewed, and we put out a note earlier in the week saying risks were skewed to the downside, given the way the market was elevated. Now the risks can be skewed to the upside mm -hmm. at next week's Fed meeting if we are lower, and those those expectations for Fed hikes continue to mount. We're seeing 200 basis points worth of hikes uh, with more than 50 percent probability um, coming in uh, for this meeting next week. So. Is it getting over a little overboard? Maybe. And, and maybe the Fed tells us the world isn't ending. Mm -hmm. and, and the real thing is, I think they're eyeing to the rents, which the rents in the first half, maybe as early as the first quarter of next year, which is 33% of, um, of, of the CPI number, will start to come in. These are, these are lagging significantly. So I, I think given this commodity crush, I think commodities can trade lower. Uh, stocks, you know, potentially, you know, obviously down to 3,800 a minimum here. And, and we could start to see this inflation narrative continue to deflate a bit uh, right when rents start to come in, you know, at the uh, early part of next year. Okay. Now, uh, to that point here, and I'd agree, maybe it's a little bit early to start uh, pulling out the chicken little costume out of the closet and start running around screaming and yelling about how the sky is falling because uh, while we have taken out last week's lows, if we just pull this chart, uh, you were just talking again about the May low, basically, which holds, uh, for the most part, right around this 3,600, or I'm sorry, 3,800 level. So we're still above that as well. Again, taking out last week's lows. I'm more dialed in on the June low, 3,639, but I did notice here, and uh, uh, to your point, if we, yeah, and potentially reverse head and shoulders here, I'm kind of looking at if we were to find some support at this lower level here right now and start to rally back. Now, again, if we continue lower, it's more in line with the trend we've seen off the Jan highs and more kind of uh, uh, supportive of the bear, bear market. Yeah, and kind of what we've seen. But going back to energies here a little bit, because it's a big part of this discussion. I mean, you've got the ES lower, 
which favors into a higher dollar, right? Rates also, TNX, TYX, as I pointed out in the show on the move higher this week. Um, uh, but the dollar higher also tied to the EU struggles with energies into the fall and winter, the crisis they're going to, well, they're trying to avoid, potentially facing here still. Uh, the short of it is with WTI and natural gas at current levels, I guess is it raising the likelihood of the EU recession, one could argue, energies at elevated levels at that point are kind of bolstering the U.S. dollar this week to crude uh, $90 again. I mean, it's spending more time around this $90 level than it has around 80 it seems like. Yeah, speaking of inverse head and shoulders, I mean, crude, if it can hold around 85 bucks, you know, we could see an inverse head and shoulders start to build there. This is just another lower high, though, in, in crude. And we, we put out in our notes, rarely put out uh, major four-star support. So we had a rare major four-star support, wide range today, um, this week, 89.50 to 90.50, roughly what it was. And it, and it went right up into that, failed there. So this is another pretty monumental failure in crude. Now, you know me, I've been extremely bullish crude for, for a while. Uh, going back to you know June 2020 time, and um, I, I I think this I think crude really needs to, to flush. Maybe that means 75 dollars. Mm -hmm. Maybe that means you know you know maybe just poking its head below 80. It, it, there's too many traders, retail, and and even I mean I think I think the liquidity is low because some of the institutions have stepped away a bit because of the volatility, and they kind of feel that there needs to be a flush too. But a lot of people have been ingrained that, that they need to just, they buy the dip, they buy the dip, they buy the dip, and it pays off. So. I don't know here at crude. I mean, personally, you know, and, and you know, I, I like energy stocks a lot. I think, uh, you know, I think you need to continue to be um, overweight energy stocks. And um, but, you know, that's that's with a longer, longer focus. I still like energy. Um, the other thing is natural gas. You had this big spike in natural gas that came on Wednesday when we, we were everybody's worried about the the uh, the rails and um, the rail strike. And then natural gas gave it all back up yesterday because it's going to they're not going to be able to move coal. Um, on the rails, and so the higher demand for natural gas, which in turn, you know, questions: Are we going to? If that were to happen, will we will we question? Uh, will we export natural gas as much that that was planned? So that just shows you how how tight the the narrative is with with Europeans' energy crisis. So it's I think it's I think it's uh, it's a fluid situation right now. I, I think we're looking at you know. The dollar, and I think that's the most important thing right now. Does the dollar break out uh, really above 11050, 11075 and and start to run? And that that gets us the, the potential commodity crush that the Fed's really asking for, the really the maybe the stock market crush that the, the Fed's asking for too. And and if we can see that in the next couple of days, I mean it, it, the risks are certainly gonna be skewed to the upside, you know. And then we have a very seasonally bullish time of year um, in equities and through the midterms. And there's something like, a, I don't know, maybe a 100% batting average over the last 20, 20 midterm elections where from a year from that point, the, the stock market's higher. And so I, I, I think, uh, I, I think there's, there's reason not to be extremely negative here right now and use this. If you're patient, there's going to be a lot of opportunity ahead. Okay, I, I like that also in terms of the bigger picture kind of discussion here and not just getting kind of tunnel driven, tunnel focused and forward focus only on the inflation. But talk to me in terms of sticking with this discussion uh, um, on a bigger picture copper right now, because it has started to roll over again. It had uh, dipped back down to 320, just below rally back up to around 380. But now it's starting to show signs, maybe a little bit of uh, more weakness to come. Yeah, Dr. Copper started, you know, gave it gave us a bit, um, you know, of, of that rollover. I mean, as all, all markets did on uh, after that CPI number was pretty hot, and, and it's just a shallow, more of a shallow uh, high. And so I, I think um, you know, China's bid struggling. China consumes over fifty percent of the world's copper, I believe. And their data last night wasn't wasn't bad. Yeah, industrial wasn't good. production was number was yeah. 
Yeah, I think across the board, everything just kind of nudged out those expectations. And that's, and that's you know, a positive sign, I think. Are, are they turning a corner? So I think there's a lot of questions there. Um, I mean, personally, one of, my, one of my larger focuses has been a short medals position, um, you know, short, short gold. Um, Silver Spike gave us a really pretty, pretty great opportunity on, on Monday. Um, you know, Platinum has been really sticky. I mean, it's kind of down today. So I'm, I'm you know, rolling some stops down there. I think that could, that could be something that goes lower in, in copper. I mean, I, I just think that that was, that was a major focus of, focus of ours, given the currency dynamic, uh, given some of, the, some of the trends. I mean, the fact that gold never, never followed the other metals at all when they, when they traded higher was, I think, a, sort of a canary in the coal mine there. Mm -hmm. um, and the flush and gold here is, is really needed. So I think... And the metals, I'm welcoming. Same thing as I, you know, talking about with equities here is I'm welcoming a flush. I think there's a lot of, a lot of opportunity ahead if we can get that. I see a red in terms of metals here across the board as we're looking at gold right now at 1673, down about a quarter of a percent. But as you mentioned, it took a hit yesterday, back below 1700. My chart of the day today, Bill. Appreciate you joining us here to end the week on the TD Ameritrade Network with us this morning. Bill Barik, the president of Blue Line Futures. We're